1: money starts right now on the biggest night of earnings for the quarter. Our traders on the desk are Pete Najarian, Tim Seymour, Dan Nathan and Guy Dami. It is tech's big time to shine and we're all over the after hours action. Check out Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft and Intel all on the move higher. And we've got full team coverage as these conference calls get underway. Josh Lipton is on Alphabet. That call starting right now. Jackie D'Angelo is gearing up for Amazon, which starts in 30 minutes. John Ford back at headquarters of Microsoft. Dom Chu is here at the NASDAQ listening to Intel. Plus, fast Money favorites. Rich Ross standing by, ready for instant reaction on the charts. Tech guru Gene Munster of Loop Ventures is standing by for us as well, covering both Alphabet and Amazon. You can see him there on his red iPhone listening to those calls. We start off with Tech Nirvana, Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft all jumping on their earnings report after hours. Alphabet and Microsoft both hitting all-time highs in the after-hours session. Some impressive moves for stocks that have had huge runs this year. So do you just keep betting on tech? Pete, Yes,
2: Uh, and it's easy to me because of the fact that we we went into this and we talked about the fundamentals. Last night we were talking about that. We also focused on growth. Well, if you listen to the earnings calls almost across the board, everybody has incredible growth. I mean, I'm mostly focused on Microsoft. I have a large position mm-hmm. on there. I also have something in Intel. So those are the two I care about most. But I look at those numbers, Mel, and when I look at Microsoft and I see the commercial cloud and the growth that they've got there, this is something that Satya Nadella put out there the day he came on board as a CEO, and he's executed every single quarter. And this quarter was no different. And the fact that that stock actually is making new highs is not shocking,
1: and I think there's plenty of room to the upside. This could have been a reason to sell to sell the news
0: in terms of what we just saw now and what will happen tomorrow
1: in terms of no in terms of the stocks run up Big into problem. these earnings it sounds like blessed, it, right? it sounds like no. you may have a view on tomorrow
0: no, they, I, no I don't actually have, a, I have I have a view no, on I, this I point. think I, the the headline one that was the most impressive <laughs> I think is Amazon we can yeah. talk about that later but the one to me that stands out in terms of what it did technically and where it is now and valuation is Google alphabet whatever you want to call it beat on EPS beat on revenue Valuation to me at 25 times forward earnings is reasonable. Held 9:30 all through the summer. We talked about that a number of times. And if we're to open here, it'd be an all—I believe it would be an all-time high. So you got to go back and look back in May. We basically topped out about 1,010, give or take. I mean, we're right there now, and I think it's, it's the next plateau for Google to go through. Yeah, this
1: would be an all-time high if it opened right here, right now.
3: Yeah, I would just say, you know, your question is, is like, you know, last late July, when we had the Q2 earnings. That, that was
1: Amazon's high yeah, 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 and, 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 and that, mean, was that was Google's But high
3: was But it was also That's Facebook. why I asked the question yeah, through guys. No, and it's a good question, and, <laughs> and you know, they no. spent the last three months consolidating below mm-hmm. those prior highs. I will say that in a very sneaky manner, Google and Facebook also made new highs just recently, and kind of telling you there's some pretty constructive price action there. i just say this one thing. So here we are. we Essentially, have two months left in the year, right? These stocks all are up about 30, 40 percent. In Facebook's um, situation, 50 percent of the year, they're not giving up between now and the end of the year, especially when you think about what's going on with the tax situation. If you have massive gains in these stocks, you are not selling in 2017, especially if you think there's a much better chance that you have lower tax rates in 2018.
4: Look, I, you know, Google, their core business, the pay clicks are up. Um, you've got YouTube, which is now monetizing in a way that we haven't seen and we've been waiting for. I think there's an enormous amount of leverage in that business. And as Guy pointed out, the valuation is one that, that to me, makes it the most interesting. It's the most compelling buy. It's the one I can really cling to and say that I love core parts of their business. they're executing on them, and it's up 25% versus others that are up 30 or 40 or 50. Um, I think in the Amazon case, the fact that that AWS is back up 42% and you've kicked up some growth there is really impressive. And let's face it, they are showing profitability. They are showing that that earnings leverage in their core business. So um, Amazon, though, peaked last July, and 1045 was the level to probably sell it. I, I think... What's very interesting here is if this stock breaks through there, I, I do think it's got enough ammunition to get significantly higher.
1: Yeah, the revenue guidance is pretty good for the fourth quarter for Amazon. And also, in terms of the retail side of the business, which obviously is a big part of the business, Whole Foods had five weeks in the quarter. They had $1.5 billion, $1.3 billion in sales for right. Whole Foods just for five weeks.
2: Yeah, it just shows you the complete domination when Amazon comes in. And we talk about it every single night. But the domination, when they come into a category, they're going to win at any cost. And then they're still making money as they do that. I mean... The earnings number, forget that for right now, 52 cents versus whatever, 8 cents or something like that. But when you look at the revenue, you look at the strength, AWS is strong as well. The interesting thing I thought that, again, if you look at forward PEs, you guys are talking about Google. I still go with Microsoft, trading at a 21 PE, and you look at the growth that they've got right now. They passed Google in terms of the competition in the world of cloud this quarter with this 20-plus billion dollars revenue run rate that they're in right now. They are just behind AWS, so they are digging their feet in and making sure that they are going to make a move in the cloud that's going to be very meaningful in the future.
1: Obviously, this is, these are great results pretty much across the board. The stocks are flying in the after-hour session. This will probably mean a pop for tech overall in tomorrow's session. Mm-hmm. But just a couple of days ago, we were talking about the outperformance, the really the, the strength in industrials, and now we're talking about strength in technology. Which is a good is there, thing. Is right? Is, which is a good thing. Do you have I, to make a choice here?
0: Ooh, if I, are you trying to sort of backdoor <laughs> would you rather or are you
1: just because I, I, I think I, I, think I knocked out
4: your door.
2: What I, are you going to do, do here, pal? Know, I'm, I'm not going the
1: front door, by the way. No, but just a few days ago, we were saying, you know what? Maybe maybe this is the time for industrials to shine and it's time for tech to take a breather. Because if we are in a rising rate environment in which the economies are growing around the world, maybe industrials and other cyclicals are better bets.
0: Yeah, I don't. Personally, I don't think you have to choose, and I do think industrials valuation-wise are still still fair. And we've had industrial conversations for quite mm-hmm. some time now pointing out a number of different stocks. And real quick on Microsoft, I hear what Pete is saying. I think valuation-wise between Google and Microsoft, you sort of split in hairs a bit. But one thing did stand out with Microsoft, operating margins... This is- did you hear that? It was like a Trump <laughs> oh, in <laughs> your head. It's in your head. We're
1: heralding the point you're about I to make,
0: Guy. I love how you have that
4: much. I cannot
1: wait so, to hear I mean, it. Yeah, I can't wait to what I was going to say. A yeah. Operating margins
0: are 31.5%. If you look, and the street was down around, or I think actually their guidance was 28%. That's very impressive. And not that I want to sort of nitpick a here, mm. but Alphabet's margins were slightly below consensus. Not a big deal. But something to point out. I, I just, you know, this earnings season has been everything it was supposed to be with
4: these on the whole, um, at least for most of the names that needed to do it. Mm-hmm. And it gets back to the point is the market now uh, that we've got this extraordinary earnings base? It, it priced this thing quarters ago. You almost get the sense. And I think this has been the price action. We've we, we, we had to earn the multiples. Well, now we're showing we can earn it. I, I think that markets that are. Basically, price to perfection can take these kinds of earnings numbers and make it very difficult at two to three weeks.
1: Make it very difficult. Very difficult for stocks
4: to move higher. You
1: know, I mean, this is... Oh, you don't think that this is reason to go higher?
4: What I think is we've been struggling, even with great earnings in a number Uh of sectors. We see maybe initial day pops, and we've seen the overall market, I think, struggling for the last week or so, or at least some of these trends, to me, are are concerning. Fantastic numbers. The bars... But it speaks to the
3: consolidation. I mean, so you're talking about a sector that was already, you're saying, was fully valued, and it went sideways between Q2 and Q3 for all intents and purposes. But we saw banks take off. We saw Mm -hmm. industrials take off. So you had a nice rotation. Um, you know, I would, I'm would. i kind of in your camp. I, I mean, I don't see another leg up this year because I think that this is what was expected. But do you, you see these,
1: a leg lower because we just... No, for the multiples. reasons I
3: said before also, okay. because of the tax situation, and I'll tell you one thing, I don't believe there's going to be sweeping tax reform. There may be cuts, and I think the, mo- the easiest thing is to actually do repatriation, okay? And that benefits this group of stocks right there. So to me, I actually, I'm not telling you there's another leg up if we get that announcement, but I'm saying it definitely buoys them.
1: All right, for a more technical look at the blowout tech earnings, let's go off the charts with Rich Ross of Evercore ISI. He's at the plasma to break it all down. Hi, Rich.
5: I'm Melissa. Look, it's Spockmanity Insanity in Silicon Valley. We've got strong earnings, strong charts, which make them strong buys. Let's go to the videotape here. We're going to show you those breakouts. Here's the after-hours action in Amazon. You don't need the green arrow to see the decisive nature of that move, but I give it to you anyway. Let's pull out. Look at that one-year chart here, okay? So here's this perfect setup where the stock sort of lying in the weeds here. Over the summer, you basically have this head and shoulders top. Basically, almost what happens when the head and shoulders doesn't come to fruition, you get a very powerful move in the opposite direction. I think that move is going to take us up to 1250 on Amazon. I would be a buyer of the breakout post inning earnings. Keep in mind strong seasonality for technology now, unlike the summer here where we had that weaker seasonality. So let's go to the next chart. We're going to look at Google here. Once again, you've got the big after hours pop and similarly when we look at the 1 year chart here it's equally bullish but in sort of a different way We've got a very Trading range-bound stock here. Now we've broken out in decisive fashion. The way we get our upside target, we take the height of this pattern. It's about eighty dollars. We project that out. It takes us up to ten eighty, eleven hundred. So you're buying Google, and finally we're going to go to the big boy here, Microsoft. You can see this big pop. Now we're going to go on the wayback machine. Okay, we're not going to look at a one year. We're going to look at a twenty year chart here of Microsoft. So a lot of people say, "Okay, look at the run that this stock's been on. I'm chasing." But you're not chasing in Microsoft. You're basing. It's 18 <laughs> years of a base here, OK? The stock in 2000 was at $60. bucks. we are at about 85 now. That's an average annual return of about 3% if my math is somewhere close. I think there's a lot more upside in Microsoft. 18-year base. You've got the earnings. You've got the breakout. you got to buy it. If you had to choose, oh. would Ooh, you rather good, rather?
1: Man. Which chart would you choose,
5: Rich? I like Amazon. I love when a head and shoulders doesn't fail. When you don't get the breakdown, that neckline provides a very powerful springboard to higher prices. That's a stock that's going to see 1250 1300 on Amazon. I would buy it.
0: Luis Yamada used to write the longer in space, space. the higher yeah, the, the place. The longer or the, the
1: base, I, I do the higher in space. Can I ask for us
0: a quick question? Yes, please. I understand the whole breakout of Amazon. I, I hear what you... Wasn't the high back in June like 1080 give or take? So is there a chance that we fail at these levels and potentially put in a short-term double top in the aforementioned Amazon?
5: Uh, Look, there's always a chance, but this stock has very powerful momentum now. And that was an exhaustive reversal. And once again, the seasonality was poor over the summer with that breakout. Now you're entering the strongest period of seasonality for the markets, for technology. With the wind at your back, the earnings are going to carry you higher. And that chart break is just the start of it.
1: All right. Um, Rich, thanks. We're going to go around the horn here on these. Rich, by the way, is going to stay at the plaza the whole night. That should. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, things can change wow. a lot on the conference calls. Um, in terms of what you might buy off of earnings right now, what would you buy? Well,
2: I'm already committed. I'm long stock in Microsoft on long calls in Microsoft. I, if, if I was looking right now, reading through all the different numbers, I, I think. Now, Rich picked Amazon, I'll pick Microsoft. And the reason I say that is the breakout, I see another 10%. That puts it at maybe call it $88 a share. Mm-hmm. So I like what I'm looking at right now there. When I look at the growth factor, when I bring up that growth, when you look at Azure, and it's, it's actually up 90% mm-hmm. year over year. I mean, these numbers are absolutely staggering to me. That's what the focus is on. That's where the growth is coming from. And LinkedIn pitched in. So that, that's actually, I mean, it'll take a while to get all that money back, but it pitched in, I believe, a little over a billion dollars this quarter. So that's pretty big. Tim? Well, what, what I, you know, I... Sometimes I like to pile on, Pete. Sometimes I pile actually don't, but I'm
4: piling it. on. Nice. I, don't, I don't want to talk about Google because I talk about it a lot. I, I think let's talk about these numbers from Microsoft. Again, they were very important because they had strength across the board. The gross margins in cl- and the commercial cloud were very important, showing that they're becoming you know, that much more able to operationally leverage. And the Windows profits dropped to the bottom line. So uh, Microsoft, on a multiple basis, this gets back to the age-old question, where is it supposed to trade? Mm. Um, I think these are numbers. If I looked at them all,
3: I like these the best. Uh, I would just say the Amazon, you know, heading into the next year, um, this is one that probably has the least regulatory risk. As far as if you think about Google and Facebook, I think that's going to be a 2018 story and could keep those stocks at bay. Amazon's the one that people don't care about valuation. And, you know, you see consensus going from $4 in earnings up to 8 dollars 5 in mm-hmm. earnings, then $15 in 2019. And if those were ever real earnings that people kind of got behind, this is a much higher stock, um, you know, in 2018. I'm not saying to buy it here, but a couple of you guys said, does it fail at 1050? If it stays in that consolidation and the year-end, this could be a good setup for early 2018, in my opinion.
0: Given a choice of the three names we just mentioned, I, I, Microsoft, again, I think Alphabet proved itself again. I think the fact that it held 930 throughout the summer is encouraging. So G-O-O-G-L.
1: All right. Coming up, we're all over these after-hours movers as the conference calls get underway. We will bring you the latest details as they break. You don't want to miss a minute. Plus, Jack is back as Twitter finally finding its groove as shareholders go wild for the stock. And could it be a buy sign for Snap? We'll explain. And later, the biotech beatdown continues. First it was Amgen, then Celgene. Now it's Gilead sinking in the after-hours session. We'll bring you the latest details right after this break. Welcome back to Fast Money. Gilead sinking in the after-hours session after reporting earnings. That conference call is underway. Meg Terrell's in on the biotech blue phone back at headquarters with all the details. Hi, Meg. Hey,
6: Mel. Uh, listening to the Gilead call here. They are in the Q&A now. Uh, on its face, Gilead third quarter looked pretty good. A beat on both the top and the bottom lines. The company also raising the lower end of its uh, 2017 product sales guidance. Uh, that hep C number that everybody watches looking maybe slightly light, but basically in line. The beat was really driven by their HIV drug franchise. So what is driving the stock? down 4% after hours. Well, if you dig into the numbers, as Umar Rafat did over at Evercore ISI, he points out that the implied fourth quarter uh, revenue from hepatitis C is looking pretty light. And if you add up the whole year, really, it's looking at an annualized run rate for hep C, uh, their hep C franchise, of about $5.4 billion versus consensus in 2018 of $6.9 billion. So people might be parsing through that and getting a little bit worried about the uh, further degrading of the hepatitis C franchise for Gilead. There's been a lot of questions about that on the call as well as pricing, uh, as well as their new uh, cancer drug that they just got approved in their acquisition of Kite Pharmaceuticals. So all that happening on the call now, though, guys, Uh, this negative news uh, apparently for Gilead, really just following the uh, whole biotech trend. uh, A lot of bad news this earnings season for biotech, guys. Yeah.
1: And we sure saw the pressure on IBB today, Meg. Thank you. Meg Terrell Mm -hmm. on the biotech blue phone for Gilead. And of course, we saw the decline, as Meg had pointed out today, in shares of Celgene. Wow, what a sharp decline that we saw. And that really hurt the entire sector. Well,
4: it's crazy. First of all, Gilead's now back to pre-kite levels. Okay, mm. so they've given up this fantastic, supposedly accretive M&A. Everyone wanted to see them. They're, you know, car tea. They're in the hot space. Um, HCV, we kind of knew that this business, That now what Meg pointed out, that sounded very light. That didn't sound light. That sounded, extreme, sounded extremely One and a half billion dollars for the year light. light. <laughs> HIV is better. Um, I, I, I think people are concerned about m a still. I, I think people still expect more to happen in this space and they're not giving enough credit for
2: that. And if it's going to happen, last night we had Carter Worth on and he was giving us the charts in that stock. He liked where the charts were setting up right now in terms of Amgen. Amgen, yes. So even though they had some declines in sales, that actually leads me to start thinking about, we talked about the 41 billion last night. I think they're going to have to use that cash. And we look at Gilead and the pop they got out of the kite. Now it's starting to fade back down a little bit again. But still, that was a great acquisition for them that they needed oncology, cancer treatment. I actually think this Amgen chart's starting to set up, as Carter was telling us. And I look at those numbers, Mel. I think that's room for M&A. We start to see more M&A. Maybe that starts to turn biotech around.
0: So a week ago, Celgene, I think it was the 19th, Celgene came out and said they were going to discontinue, they had a drug in phase three, discontinue the trial, they paid a lot of money for that drug, the stock sold off in the aftermarket, right? Mm-hmm. And that happens, and, and I remember saying, and I've been, and I said then, the sell-off is overdone, the stock was trading, I think 127 at the time, we've talked about Celgene for literally years, that was a week ago. Yeah. Now they report a quarter, which is a disaster. Now, I knew that they were going to report a week later, And and not that I vocal, I didn't say this on the show that night, but I'm like, you know what, quarter's going to be okay, because if the quarter's not going to be okay, why wouldn't they talk about it tonight, tonight being a week ago? So my problem is, what did, everything they said today, Celgene, they knew a week ago, absolutely. Why wouldn't you package that all together? That's the problem I have. That's one of the first missteps they've taken in quite some time, and the stock, the company paid for it today. So how do you play Celgene now? quite frankly i'm not sure because i do think they sort of have to explain what happened in a
1: week's time? They have a credibility but, issue now.
0: In my opinion, they do now, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it would have been down 16% last
3: why? week. I mean, so what, but but what, what's but it really matter? I mean, time, you know, I well, mean that's it might have been down a lot more as a pre-announcement. I mean, you, so then at then the end sh- of the day, I think you stick it. to your guns. Uh, you know, listen, you guys have had on single names, uh, Gilead, I know you've called it. You've, you've had the Celgene move on the way up. Um, IBB, you know, it was one all year long. You guys were talking when it breaks out of 300, it's going to be a big breakout. And you guys all got that right. Now, on the way down, I think you really have to keep an eye out because the fundamental story has kind of shifted. I think you had a reversal in sentiment from 2015 into that election yeah. period and everything like that. And now maybe these guys, maybe the sector stays in, you know, in, in, the, in the dirt for a little bit. So to me, I think 300 is a big
4: level. In- well, uh, I, I'd simply say that it, it doesn't turn overnight and the fundamentals in the sector still look very strong.
1: All right. Still ahead, we are all over the after-hours action right now. Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft all soaring on their earnings reports. Alphabet's conference call underway. Amazon, Microsoft about to get started. We will bring you the very latest. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. This is a house that Jack built.
2: Jack is back with shares of Square and Twitter surging. And the Twitter turnaround could mean it's time to buy shares of another social giant. We'll tell you which one. Plus, the traders are eyeing four stocks to buy. And they'll name names when Fast Money returns.
1: Wow, that is one ugly chart. Check out shares of Mattel tanking nearly 20% after our suspending its dividend. The company pointing to the Toys R Us bankruptcy. For its big miss, um, Tim. I have to go to you on this one, unfortunately.
4: Yeah. Well, look, this is, was a turnaround story that was turning around for a while, and then they've not only run into, I think, secular issues, but management. To me, I mean, they, they, they've really miscommunicated where their business is. On this call, they say we are clearly, the, the, the word was clearly not going to make the targets we said in June, and, and that sounds awful. They've removed the dividend, and, and again, the punishment here is this was at one point a six and a half percent dividend stock, uh, and it looked fine. Their balance sheet isn't terrible, but all talk about is cutting costs, but their core brands are are just not holding ground. So um, these are the secular issues that I think this company is facing. Toys R Us bankruptcy is a major hit. This is why these guys are saying this is short term stuff, but it's hard to believe what these guys say. I mean, this is guys talking about credibility with management teams. You know, these guys have continually misassessed their business and, Mm. and, you know, it's a it's a big move.
1: All right. Uh, we turn now to a big earnings winner today. That would be Twitter. The stock is up nearly 20 percent, having its best day in more than a year as it broke through 20 bucks a share. The social media company adding four million new users impressing pressing the street. The move giving snap a boost, too. And check out these two stocks. Despite the move today, Twitter is down 21% since its IPO with a market cap of $15 billion. Meantime, Snap is down 15% from its IPO with a similar market cap of $17 billion. So, is Twitter's sudden surge a good sign for Snap? Are these two names about to become social climbers? Social, social climbers. climbers. <laughs> Get it? You know,
3: there's a couple. Wow. Uh, let me just talk about Twitter for one second. I think there's a couple really good things. The fact mm-hmm. that this stock had such a strong reaction to just $4 million uh, monthly active users. Uh, again, on that, we're not. You don't not, think
2: it was short covering, though. What,
3: what I'm saying is, they, they basically conditioned investors, in my opinion, not to expect you know 10 million, 12 million. These were. They some did of the that numbers. two years ago. I, I understand, but the stock kept on going down, 10, 15 percent after every quarter that reported over the last year or so. So now we maybe it's a short squeeze. I don't know. The only thing I'll just to say to this, okay, end of the day is a 12.5 billion dollar enterprise value versus Snapchat at about. 12 and a half or something like that I think mm-hmm. you know to me I think that Twitter may be coming out of something and snap may be trying to figure a lot of stuff out we've just seen all the headlines about spectacles about Evan Spiegel and the messaging that sort of thing so I actually believe that snap is going to come out eventually uh, but it may take some time as Twitter has
1: yeah so you don't, you're not a believer I'm not a believer in, believer in, in snap yeah. at
2: all and I think Twitter part of it is a 57 million short stock shares in there that that absolutely added, I think, to today. But on top of that, they actually had some pretty decent numbers. And I'm not talking about the ads. I'm talking about the click-through ad and the video investment that they've made, which brings me back to what does that read-through is? Facebook. I feel like Facebook and the investment in video and how much that's been something that Zuckerberg's put out there. I still think Snap is losing to Instagram. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, over time, it's going to tell out. But I still think Instagram is dominating that space.
4: Yeah, I, mean, look, I actually agree with what Dan's saying, despite pushing back I, on him a little bit. In, in that, well, again, you've had four, four consecutive quarters now of double-digit user growth, which isn't anything to do cartwheels over, but they're being rewarded for it. Um, the product innovation, not Crazy innovative, but it's starting to work. And I think they are gaining ways to actually keep people engaged for longer. Monetization is still a big deal.
0: Revenue being in Twitter, I thought, was impressive. I thought, you know, we talked about it over the summer. Maybe something's, maybe they're starting to turn the corner a bit. But quickly, to Pete's point, stock traded 100, I think, in 20, 112 million shares today. Typically trades 12 million shares. So (laughs) a lot of the shorts that Pete talked about got squeezed today. The bad news is, you know, we didn't take out the high we saw back in July, which was right either side of $21. So if you enjoyed this move over the last couple of weeks, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking some money off the table in Twitter and looking for another entry point lower.
1: All right. Well, Peter mentioned Facebook. It is set to report earnings next week. The options market implying some pretty big moves to the tech giant. So, Dan, what are you looking at?
3: Yeah, so it's interesting. Into tonight's reports, I mean, the options market was implying like a 3 percent move. Um, for Amazon, for Google, below what they've been averaging over the last four quarters. But in Facebook's uh, situation, it's implying a pretty decent move, 4.5% in either direction, and that's versus 3% over the last four quarters. So to me, that's kind of interesting. It's showing a little bit of hesitation, possibly on traders um, as we head into it. Call volume today was two times that of puts. Um, I just want to throw a chart up there. I mean, we know that obviously Amazon, um, Facebook, and Google are all now back very near their 52-week highs. Look at this Facebook Chart just to give kind of Carter Worth a little love here. He's been highlighting this one as just a mean, mean uptrend. Look at the consolidation over the last few months since the last quarter. You have a beat and raise. This thing's going much higher. I know Pete's going to give a little giddy up to that.
2: I got some giddy up
3: for him. By the way,
1: it's (laughs) up 1.6% after hours today, (laughs) Facebook. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, one of the things that stuck out about
2: a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, somebody went out and bought the November 180s. 20,000 of those, selling puts as well, rolling from October, 175s, November, 180s. Somebody thinks this thing's got room to the upside. I'm one of them. I'm not in it right now. I took off position. I think I want to get back in on the bullish side.
1: All right. For more options, action check out the full show tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Still ahead, $2 trillion worth of tech stocks reporting earnings tonight. Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, Intel all higher after hours. We've got full team coverage of those conference calls. Josh Lifton on Alphabet. That call well underway. Jackie DeAngelis and John Park are in the newsroom covering Amazon and Microsoft. Those calls kick off in just a few moments. Dom Chu is listening in on Intel. We'll bring you the very latest on all of those stocks when a very busy Fast Money continues. We'll Back to Fast Money. We've got an earnings alert on Wynn Resorts. Let's get to Leslie Picker in the newsroom. Hi, Leslie.
7: Hey, Melissa. That's right. The conference call just ending. A beat on the top and bottom line for Wynn. And yet, investors were not impressed. Shares trading down a little bit in the after hours. The Macau business showing some weakness there with lower rates at the Wynn Macau. And the first question on the call centered around investors, quote, nitpicking over that region. And the ever-colorful CEO Steve Wynn said, quote, if someone wants to nitpick, they're free to do it. As for Las Vegas, this was the first earnings call since the mass shooting earlier this month at Mandalay Bay. Wynn said the tragedy had no effect whatsoever on his company, but added that the presumed shooter was a frequent customer of Wynn Hotels, and the community is still searching for a motive.
3: We have nothing to add to the explanation of why this maniac did what he did, other than He just had a screw loose that snapped or something. But as to what other hotels are doing, I'm sure that in every executive suite up and down the strip, and in Reno and everywhere else, and in hotels around the country, everybody's trying to figure out is there a way uh, to use
0: local parlance to lower the odds of a repeat
7: He added that they took action a few years ago, speaking with consultants and even Ray Kelly, the former police commissioner of New York City, to try and prevent someone from using their property to attack others, Melissa.
1: All right. Leslie, thank you. Leslie Picker on Wynn. Uh, Pete, I go to you on this one. Yeah,
2: I own the stock, and I I agree with what Steve Wynn was saying, which is the nitpicking of what's going on with the numbers from Macau. And actually, you look at the overall numbers, the revenue numbers year over year up 45 percent, Macau up at 21 percent. I mean, I think the numbers looked fine. Uh, the stock has made an incredible run. We all know that, particularly in the last couple of months, where the this fine thing is, is not good enough. Yeah, although we'll see tomorrow. I mean, mm. it's already been volatile in the post market. It was down about four or five dollars initially, and now it's already kind of bounced back towards where it flattened out today. So we'll see.
4: I, I th- look, I think, you're, I think they are absolutely in the sweet spot in the Vegas cycle, and that business is crushing it. Yes. I, I do think that they've been given a bigger multiple on Macau. And typically, the way analysts do this is they they do a blended of the Las Vegas business and the Macau business. And so nitpicking is fair when you think that the composite multiple is reflective of that. The, the, the cycle here in the States, um, despite the, the, the horrific event in, in Nevada, uh, are it's unbelievable for these guys. I mean, the casinos are, are raging, and you have a lot of wealth creation, uh, and these guys are right in the middle of it. So
2: the question is the multiple. And Mel, the one thing I'd add to that is, if we saw a sell-off like a Home Depot, because I think these numbers are good, Yeah. another buy for me. How I much? Would add what, to give it. me a percent. Uh, if it was down like 5% or something right. like that, I would absolutely be a buyer.
0: You know, we were out there with Mr. Wood. Dan, yeah. Wood, the three of us sitting yeah. right there. yucking yeah. we it up. And he talked about He was more excited about the Las Vegas business, if you recall. And there we are, Then he was, that's us ah, yucking it up. Yeah. Look at that they Look at that beautiful it right suit. I mean, that's fantastic. Wow. Crack and in EC. But the point is, Tim is right. Obviously, I think the Macau business is probably... Twice that in terms of revenue in Las Vegas. But he was thrilled with what's going on in Vegas. Yeah. Room for growth. I don't think the multiple half, 23 times is that expensive. And if it opens higher today, by the way, it didn't give back all today's gains right now. only gave back about half of them. I still think the stock grinds
1: higher. All right, still ahead. It is a tech earnings extravaganza tonight. Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, and Intel, all on the move in the after-hour session. Those conference calls are underway. We'll bring you the very latest headlines that are moving those stocks. And it wouldn't be tech earnings without instant analysis. This is from Gene Munster. He's all fired up. Manny, the red phone. We will take, get a take on quarters and which names he is buying. More Fast Money right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Let's get back on today's uh, tech earnings. Bonanza, Intel, and Alpha two of the names reporting after the bell. Dom Chu and Josh Lifton have been listening in on those earnings calls for us. So let's start with Dom on what Intel CEO had to say about the quarter. Dom.
8: All right. So Intel, very much one of these large mega cap technologies, companies more mature in its life phase. That's trying to really reinvent itself to kind of get things turned around towards growth businesses. They did make a point of emphasizing the fact that data centric businesses now represent a large, a very large chunk of the Intel business. It's something that Intel CEO Brian Krasanich spoke about during the conference call. And here's what he had to say about just how big it is.
9: Our data-centric businesses grew 15% year-over-year, reaching 45% of our revenue, proving that Intel is becoming a data-centric company. We saw strong cloud growth, outgrew the comm service provider in-market, and while the enterprise decline moderated sequentially, we still see workloads moving to the cloud.
8: All right, so the Internet of Things business, record revenues there. Some of the memory businesses, record revenues there. Also, the data center as well. They also spent a good amount of time talking about the autonomous driving side of things. A lot of growth there. Obviously, they bought Mobileye, a big player in that business. But the first question in Q&A from the analyst just about 10 minutes ago was about artificial intelligence. So it just goes to show you guys how much a lot of these analysts out there are looking to see what Intel can do with those growth areas of the business. The PC business is also big. Remember also the biggest part of that business, we'll see if that gets any more attention. And remember, we're gonna get a lot more color on this because Bob Swan, the CFO at Intel himself, is going to be first on CNBC tomorrow morning, joining that Squawk Alley crew. We'll see what he has to say in terms of clarifying what they think is the most important part, guys. Back over to you.
1: All right, Dom, thanks. Dom Chu here at the NASDAQ. Now, Dan, along with Pete, you've been bullish intel, but... Now, now
3: as, as of Tim, and, you know, all the reasons yeah. that they just mentioned, X, the data center, all these growth areas, they've been, they, I don't know, they spent $33 billion in acquisitions over the last few years to get into these emerging technologies. So to me, that was the play I think was underappreciated by the street. The stock was just too cheap, especially relative to the valuations that companies were getting bought for. And I think when you think about 2018, it's still a cheap stock. So why I sold last week at about 40 and a half and didn't really want to take the risk into the quarter, but I think you probably see some somewhat of a consolidation in the low 40s and then you buy for the new year. That's my take.
1: The self-driving car uh, aspect, being the technology in Waymo, right? I mean, that's pretty interesting. I mean, in terms of the multiple afforded to these self-driving well, car and, chips,
4: and, and that's it. So the entire space, people found a reason to put whatever multiple they want on the semiconductors. Mm-hmm. And let's go back to Rich Ross. I mean, for a while, this stock you weren't chasing; it was basing, and then it broke out. <laughs> uh, how am I doing, Rich? Um, bottom line here is this is a company that, in the mega cap space, does offer some value. Uh, the fact that service and and uh, you know, the data center is is roughly sixty percent of that. High high growth business for them. It is starting to move the needle and it's reason to be excited.
1: All right. Now let's get to Josh Lipton in San Francisco. Alphabet's earnings call wrapping up just moments ago. So Josh, why don't you break it down for us?
10: So Melissa, Google CEO Sundar Pichai began the call by really laying out his vision for this company, his focus on AI and how that technology is going to help define his products and his partnerships. Take a listen.
7: Consumers can already experience how AI allows them to interact with computing more naturally than ever before. Computers are adapting to people rather than people needing to adapt to computers. Fundamental to this experience is Google Search and the Assistant. We introduced the Assistant last year, and it continues to get better every day, helping people get things done in the real world. Walmart and Target have recently integrated with Google Home which means you can order everyday items from them much more easily.
10: Now, Sundar Pichai also on the call, Melissa, talked about some of the different business lines. He mentioned YouTube, which he said was having, his words, phenomenal growth, 1.5 billion users who spend 60 minutes a day on mobile, 100 million hours of watch time in the living room every day, a big jump year over year. He mentioned Google Cloud and how he thinks technology there is going to be what sets him apart from the competition, from Amazon and Microsoft. Of course, it was just yesterday, Google announced that new par- partnership with Cisco in the cloud. And also with hardware. Uh, In Pachai's words, they remain seriously committed to hardware. He thinks they can take advantage of AI software and hardware. He said Google Pixel pre-orders double what they were last year. Melissa, back to you.
1: All right, Josh. Thank you, Josh Lipton in San Francisco. Well, it wouldn't be tech earnings without our Fast Money friend Gene Munster. He was monitoring the Alphabet call on his red phone. So, Gene, what do you make of the call so far?
9: Well, the Google call just wrapped up, and I'm going to give you one point that we've all been talking about, and then a couple points from the call. Josh touched on some of this, but the first best revenue growth in the past three years for Google. So that's impressive from the call they're going to be doing everything in ai like we said this is like a race to see which ceos can talk more about ai we'll count the number of times he mentioned that on the call tonight but the bottom line this is a really big deal for investors because the more that they can embed ai and really become an ai platform the long haul they can keep that revenue growth up so that's kind of uh that's google and let me just give you one quick uh a couple quick takeaways from amazon is that the revenue the guidance for the december quarter up 5% excluding whole foods compares to a 1 percent positive guidance in the last quarter. And so that's more optimistic. What they're seeing, and they just talked about this on the call, is they sign up a boatload of prime users on Prime Day in the summer. And those users typically spend three or four X more. And so they can kind of model how that plays into the holiday quarter here. So good news for Amazon.
1: All right, Uh, Gene. thanks for, for those thoughts. I want to go back to Google just moments ago. I'm on the Fast Money Twitter feed, and on it, you have a lot of great comments. You seem really excited about YouTube. I mean, this is pretty staggering. YouTube, mobile usage is an hour a day, and it's getting 100 million daily hours of watching every day up 70%. And the extrapolation is what, Jean, for the rest of the space?
9: Well, I I just want to uh, point that even further, is that that's 100 million hours per day in the living room, so that's with people with a connected TV. Actually, mobile usage is probably close to a billion hours a day. I mean, these are just crazy numbers. The impact is this, is they really haven't figured out how to fully monetize YouTube and obviously uh, video is a great platform for advertising. They keep experimenting with ads, but I think this is going to be a growth. We believe that the user growth was 30 percent, so this outpaces the overall Google growth. I think that this is going to be just an iron horse for their growth for the years to come.
1: All right, we've got to say goodbye to you now, Gene, so I've got to get your grades on each quarter. <laughs> Amazon and Alphabet, what are your grades?
9: I'm going to give, uh, surprisingly here, uh, Google an A, and Amazon an A-. And the reason why Google gets an A, best growth rate in three years, I think that's fantastic. And the reason why I'm giving not, not a perfect score to Amazon, well, it's a great quarter, is that their unit growth uh, slightly missed the street. It was plus 25 versus plus t- uh, 27. I'm a, I'm a hard grader here, but that, that's how I see it.
1: All right. Gene, thanks. Great to see you. Gene Munster Thank of you. Loop Ventures. Who agrees with Gene on those grades? I- Well, I do. And and again,
4: think about this. $700 billion market cap growing at 24% a year, trading at a multiple somewhere around there. I mean, that to me is the greatest combination. As Gene pointed out, they still haven't even really figured out how to monetize this thing. Meanwhile, YouTube is going after the the over-the-top. People are, that's, you know, they're they're another competitor in that space.
0: We alluded to that at the top of the show in terms of of alphabet. Ask Pete. You know, Pete
1: comes you, in. You want me there. to ask Pete? Why don't you just ask Pete?
0: Because <laughs> oh, th- I like. Th- you th- could go th- across the, con- the table th- to okay. me, so at, right? Tell me what to <laughs> so, ask Pete. <laughs> ask Pete, who comes <laughs> in from you Minnesota. Know, do you want to tell me what guy says him, to you, and then I'll tell Pete? What he, ask him what he did last time when he got home from the show. Pete,
2: what I do did not you have ask, a television like, here. When you got home from the show. So when I come out to New York, where I no longer live, uh, I live up in Connecticut, but I don't have a television up there. So I'm really hitting the street. So I watch you Several hours worth, so I'm adding wow, to this so whole you're thing. You're that guy, right? I am that guy, except for much more than one hour. And I'll tell you, a video. We brought it up earlier with Twitter, brought it up with Facebook, and obviously YouTube. The mobile idea behind this whole thing—what a growth area that is, along with hardware for Google. Very impressive.
3: There's a really easy answer, though. I just say, you know, this is really YouTube, the only social property that Google has. When you think about it, they have seven uh, properties that have a billion active users. They need Twitter acquisition. They need Twitter. I mean, this is when you think about in, in, in this company. Google's up in market cap terms more than uh, Twitter's enterprise value. So how do you move video around the web? How do you do it in a mobile platform? You do it with something like. Twitter. And they got, got no debt. To I'll talk to you the camera. just
1: say it to the camera to well, tell Google? Oh, I right thought now. you told him to tell to the. Yeah, that's I'm what sorry. he was doing. Yeah. I mean, and they got ninety billion dollars. Tell it to Pete,
4: and Pete'll tell it to Guy.
1: Anyway, what are the implications on traditional media? We always we're taught we talk about Disney all the time and the impact of cord cutters. You know, T. Comcast had earnings. The parent of this network had earnings out this morning. A T
4: and T got. Gee, yeah, exactly. Two days ago. So, well, again, you know, you're watching the World Series last night, and YouTube's overwhelming you with these ads of how you can basically, for 35 bucks, get anything you want, including live, live sports. So right. it, it puts it in perspective for people that just want to make it very simple. And I do think they're a major threat.
1: Still ahead, check out Amazon and Microsoft both soaring after hours. Those conference calls are underway. We're bringing the very latest when Fast Money returns. Fast money. <laughs> Microsoft and Amazon soaring after hours. John Ford, Jackie T. Angels have been monitoring this conference call. So John, let's start with you.
2: Well Melissa, Satya Nadella, the CEO's message on this conference call, we got more where that came from. Here's how we started out the call.
10: I'm proud of our team's
7: work behind these results that spanned all of our segments. We now have one twenty million monthly active users of Office 365 commercial.
4: We have more than 530 million LinkedIn members.
7: Dynamics 365 customers grew 40% year over year. Azure compute usage more than doubled this quarter and revenue grew 90%. And Windows 10 commercial monthly active devices grew 90%
4: year over year.
2: The case he's making, uh, margins are up two points year over year. Usage is up. Engagement is up on these projects. Uh, he even focused in on gaming, saying that esports and streaming, a particular area of
8: growth in that category, guys.
1: All right, John, thank you, John Fort, covering Microsoft for us. Uh, Let's get straight to Amazon here, surging in the after hour session as well. Highest level in three months. Jackie D'Angelo has been listening to that earnings call. Jack.
6: good evening to you, Melissa. That's right. Amazon blowing past expectations on many fronts, not just the top and bottom line. Amazon Web Services, that's Amazon's version of the cloud. It was a particular segment of the business that everyone was watching in the quarter. Revenue, $4.58 billion. It was higher than expectations for that business and a blowout number. Here's what the CFO had to say.
9: Say. revenue growth was uh, the same as q two um, and now we're at an eighteen billion dollar run rate, uh, whereas last quarter when I had this uh call, we were at sixteen billion dollars, so very pleased with the customer response uh, in the a w s business as well um, and usage growth is actually growing a lot higher than revenue growth, so um you know particularly. Pleased with the new customers that we've added and the additional workloads that we've picked up from from existing customers,
6: Melissa. It's a competitive part of the business. They've been working at it since 2006 and making some significant strides. Back to you, Jackie. Thank
1: you. And uh, I know we said goodbye to Gene Munster, but he's got something to add on Prime. Mm. So uh, Gene, we'll go back to you in Minneapolis.
9: Yeah, Melissa. This whole concept of what they've done with Prime Day, just stroke of genius, created a holiday in the middle of summer for all of us to buy stuff and then sign up these new Prime users, And as I mentioned, is this probably added somewhere my back of the envelope is around 2 to 3 million new Prime users. So that's going to get us into the low 70 millions. But again, those spend probably 4x, 3 to 4x more than a non-Prime user. So essentially they got these people who are just buying into the system and then they're talking on the call now about new benefits that they're going to offer Prime members for Whole Foods. And so basically a membership to the store. So you're just going to be able to buy more fresh stuff and get discounts. So uh, a lot of good things coming out uh, if you're a Prime member on this call.
1: All right. I think we're all Prime members here except for maybe Guy. Um, thanks, Gene. Gene Munster of Loop Ventures. Thank you. Um, And then t- they also recently announced that they're selling these in-house cameras so that people can come in and drop off packages. So it's e- they're trying what to make go it go even... there? <laughs> cameras so you can see the person wrong? drop the package in your home. So they have so access not, they
0: have access to it. Yeah,
3: they, that they, anyway, with you.
1: Anyway, <laughs> they want to make buying via prom frictionless.
3: Yeah, they want to make everything frictionless. I mean like you whatever service that you can think of that you're paying someone else for on a monthly basis. Think of it in five years; it's going to be wrapped up in Prime at some point. It could be your wireless service, it could be your cable, it could be your original content, that sort of thing. I mean, that's where it's going. And so, when you see that sort of Prime growth that they've been displaying, yeah. they're getting. You know, this is a company that's expected to do $200 billion in sales, up from 135 So next year, $200, up from $135 last. No, I, I totally agree with that. The, the, the
4: pushback if we want to do it. I mean, think of Whole Foods. Whole Foods was a business that was, yeah, once it was for sale, everybody wanted it, but it was dying. Uh, it was a business that wasn't a particularly sexy business. They had no growth. So they've gone in there. They've gone. They've had to become less asset light. Um, and a lot of the margins, at least ultimately, are things that you should be worried about in the longer run. This is still going to be the crux for this company. AWS Acceleration I think is the most impressive part about this, this quarter. I think it's less about the core business.
1: Yeah, I mean, up 42% is pretty right, impressive. Right, absolutely. I and it. I go back to
2: Microsoft again, just because when you listen to Satya Nadella and the excitement they've got in terms of growth, not just, you know, the Azure and 90% there, but then you go over and you look at, at something like the Windows 10 and the active users, they are killing it. And it seems to me like that trajectory is enough to really push this thing higher. Absolutely.
3: You know, you've been right. You've been long the stock. The stock just rallied 8% into this report here or so off of, like, let's say the September lows. I I just think, listen, I I know you love growth and you talk about growth. And people are willing to pay a certain multiple for Amazon's 25% growth. Google's 20% sales growth. Microsoft is probably never, ever going to be a double-digit
2: revenue grower again. It's just
3: never going to be, okay? So to me, I think at 24 times, I well, think it's a little I completely disagree cold. with you because okay. I think your
2: vision for what they're doing in the cloud is absolutely skewed. And even this, how about this? Even the PC area was something growing for them. How about video when you're talking about the streaming and gaming? One of the things that's hurting Tim's Mattel right now is video mm. gaming, and that's what's killing it as well. Fine. Thanks, Pete. Well, sorry. Oh, that's, okay, that's, uh, final, final trade. What we do here.
1: Final trade. <laughs> trade,
4: Pete. Talked about it all night. Microsoft, going higher. Tim? Big Rocktoberfest, a leg to stand on.
3: Great charity. See you tonight.
1: Rocktoberfest. Right.
3: I'm a seller, his Microsoft. Good
0: luck.
3: <laughs> Best of
1: luck to you, bro. So aggressive to go against his final trade. <laughs> Late
0: aggressiveness by Dan Nathan. Exxon <laughs> Mobile report tomorrow morning before the bell. On weakness, you
1: buy it. On strength, you add. Ooh. 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 I'm Melissa oh. Lee. Thanks so much for watching. See you back here tomorrow at 5 for more Fast. Meantime, Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now.